Hi, this is Atticus. You might know my mom, Heather, from Shine.fm. This is the Shine.fm MomCast. Take it away. Well, thanks for joining me. Um, I've got Katie Muma here. Uh, full disclosure, we are related. Um, and I'm super proud mm-hmm. to be your aunt. Um, she is my niece. But I have wanted to talk to a teacher or someone who's in uh, the teaching profession just because I've had a lot of teachers in my life with my kids. And I think there's some things that maybe I haven't totally understood or misconceptions that I've had. So first, introduce yourself. Tell us what you do and where you are. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I am Katie, like Heather said. Um, She's my awesome aunt. I live in Cleveland currently. I teach second grade. I teach in an urban school, so it's uh, really close to downtown uh, Cleveland. I've been there for five years, so it's my fifth year. And I actually uh, teach at the same school as my husband, so which is pretty cool. So Tyler teaches upstairs in the sixth grade, so it's fun. Our dinner tables are full of teacher talk, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> not such a bad thing, right? Not such a bad thing. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> so tell me why you decided... Because uh, how long have you been teaching now? This is going to be, so once I finish this year, it'll be my fifth year. Okay. Why did you want to become a teacher? Yeah, it's funny when I was thinking just in the past, like about why I wanted to become a teacher. I think it's funny. I think I always have wanted to be a teacher. And it's funny because I actually was homeschooled up until uh, high school. So I actually never, and I always knew I wanted to teach elementary um, I'm a second grade teacher, like I said before. So it's funny. My mom's like, I don't know why, you know, you've never, you never were in elementary school. So it's funny that you always had that idea. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, you know, went to college, I was set on it and I graduated. It's so it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've always kind of known. <laughs> That's awesome though. That's really awesome. Did you know second grade? Like, was that something that you were like, yep, those are my people or did it just kind of like, happened that you were like, okay, I'll try it. And it's work. I knew like after co- like being in classrooms in college, I really did want the younger. So anywhere from kindergarten to third grade was kind of like, okay, I think this is where I want to be. When I was interviewing for different positions, the second grade job opened up. I'm like, oh yeah, I feel like that will be a good fit. And that has really been a good fit. Awesome. That's great. So what is the hardest part of teaching for you? I think first thing that pops in my head is just all the different needs of individual kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's, you know, just like parenting, you know, each child needs something different. I mean, we have 25 to 30 kids in the classroom and there's every kid kid needs something so different, you know, whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, one kid needs frequent breaks, one kid, you know, needs a little extra shove, you know, extra, you know, extra push in academics. Um, And I think, that's sometimes hard on the day-to-day, you know, some kids are needier than others in a good way, you know, you right. know, extra love. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So that can be sometimes overwhelming <laughs> on the day-to-day. Yeah. How do you, how do you deal with that? How do you combat that? What do you do to get through? I mean, it's just like parenting. I mean, I would have tips for parenting, but how do you, as a teacher, how do you deal with that? I mean, as I definitely, as the years, so this is my only fifth year it gets easier. Obviously mm-hmm. that first year you're like, whoa, there I didn't even realize how how different each kid could be. But as you, you know, mature and get better at your craft and your teaching, you can see trends. Okay, you know, this is what worked in the past. We're gonna stick with that. I see that behavior. I see that child is very active. Okay, we need to do this. Or this child, you know, is really shy. We need to do this, you know. So those those years really help. And I understand why you get to 30 years and you're like, okay, I got this a little bit better. <laughs> 
<laughs> do you still get nervous? Like when you start a new school year, like with a new class of students, like, do you, like, are you still nervous? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think especially, I mean, I've only taught for a few years and there's some class that have really been difficult. So I definitely have some of those fears like, oh gosh, <laughs> it was not like last year or, <laughs> I mean, I love all my classes, but there's a few. Whoa. Okay. That was crazy. <laughs> well, and like, I know for you, you taught during COVID, like mm-hmm. talk to yes. me a little bit about your experience with that because you did everything online, right? Our school was one of the few schools in Cleveland that did online the whole way through. I mean, we never did any sort of, you know, hybrid. So that was very difficult because I see those kids actually in school now, they're in fifth grade and I never had them in the classroom. Like they were only online. So it's funny to say like, oh, wow. Like I kind of know you and, you know, I kind of know you. I kind of remember some of the interactions we had online, but it's really, yeah, it's really crazy that I never had them in person. Mm-hmm. What effects do you see? I mean, because you would have um, you would have had like those kids that you now have would have been what, like preschool or kindergarten because we're now mm-hmm. three years yeah. out. Like what effects do you see? Because you had like two years pre-COVID then. Like, what do you see yes. as the effect that COVID had? I mean, just from your perspective, I'm not going yay or nay on whatever happened. It yeah. happened. But like what as you're as a teacher, like what effect do you see on those kids who who had to school during that time? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I've seen different behaviors. I've definitely seen a lot of um, academic issues as well. I mean, specifically, the mo- I think the biggest thing is the academic gap. We're still seeing that. It's kind of, I mean, I think it's, could be a lot of different things. I mean, the technology, kids at a young age were, you know, stuck at home, you know, like let's say my second graders, they were in preschool there wasn't as much social interaction. So we're seeing a lot more difficulties with those things. Whereas kid, you feel like, oh, you're in second grade, you know, you should be able to be kind and, you know, understand those things. And sometimes we, I feel like we're teaching like those skills. Okay. How do we interact with each other? How can we be a community and those things? So I think even though, yeah, those kids were in preschool, we're, we're still seeing those effects. Wow. Definitely. Academically. Yeah. Yeah, There's I see it in my own kids. I mean, obviously, at that time we had when it all started, we had an eighth grader, a ninth grader and an 11th grader. I know that like I remember because everybody was here, everybody was doing school and it was like I go downstairs and especially my youngest, who this is not going to surprise you, I'd say, how's chemistry going? And he goes, it's horrible. And I was like, okay, keep it up, you know, like trying to be positive, but like, it was really hard on everybody. And I can Mm -hmm. imagine too, you know, as being a teacher as well, that that would have been difficult. And it's interesting to hear your perspective on the outcome, because obviously you're going through it. You don't know exactly what's going to happen, but it makes a lot of sense that they didn't Mm -hmm. have that academics, but they also didn't have this, like you learn how to get along with other people in like preschool and kindergarten. You know, like you, you're supposed to kind of learn that. And so now having to kind of like teach that in second grade, that makes a lot of sense. So what's something that has surprised you uh, as a teacher, like that you would have gone, I'd have never thought that this would be something that I, what I would have to deal with or would come up or whatever. Yeah. It might seem simple, but I think some of the behaviors, honestly, some of the behaviors I think have really shocked me, especially in sec- teaching second grade. And I think, it, it, yeah, we go back to that. There's 
COVID parenting styles are different now. Overall, I mean, the academics as well. I mean, I think as a college student, I came in like all gung-ho, like, I think I know everything. I mean, of course, I didn't think I knew everything, but I go in and, you know, using the skills I thought worked with, you know, how to teach reading or how to teach, you know, letters and sounds and, and it's not working. And so I think, I think academically how to teach actually was the hardest thing. Like I didn't know a lot and I thought I knew, you know, you can only prepare so much in college or how low some of these kids are too. You know what? Actually, I'm going to be teaching some things that I thought they would have learned in kindergarten, but you know, there's gaps or things, you know, things that, you know, it's out of their control. It's not parents' fault. You know, there's learning disabilities. There's so much that right. go into this that can't just blame one thing. Right. Um, right. So that I think has been very difficult. Yeah. Mm. Wow. What do you think are some misconceptions that parents have of teachers? I think some parents, especially, you know, you know, when there's an issue or, you know, academically, parents are concerned. I think they sometimes feels like from a teacher's perspective, the kid in the classroom and the teacher are the only two people in the classroom. So ah, sometimes, okay. you know, oh, if you understand what I'm saying, like, yeah. why, you know, why wasn't this addressed or, you know, or, you know, what is, why did they do this? Or, and, it, and it's like, oh my gosh, there was, honestly, we were on the playground and there was so much going on and I totally missed that this happened and I'm so right. sorry. Right. So some of those things, obviously it's your child. So I can understand where parents are coming from, but it's, there's 28 kids in the classroom. Again, we go back to that. So many kids are needing something at the exact same time. And sometimes right. it can be, yeah, it's a, it's sometimes overwhelming. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this because, and I want you to be super honest. And if you don't want to yeah. answer this, you, you don't have to. But like, I always was worried that the teachers were judging me as a parent. Hmm. Do you judge? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um... I mean, honestly, that's the thing. I think sometimes, possibly, but for the most part, no. Like, I think I'm happy with the way I started because I, I really thought I, I really felt like I didn't know enough. I didn't know anything. Yeah. And then once I really got into, you know, some of the techniques and the things that I learned, strategies that work with kids, if a kid comes to me that is really low, doesn't know stuff, I, I don't immediately go to the parent. Okay. You know, I think honestly, I kind of sometimes blame if they came from another school. So I judge other schools. Okay. (laughs) So I'm I'm gonna be honest. Like, okay, maybe if they were okay, yeah. So I think because the kids are there, kids are at school for six, seven hours a day. Like that's true. Kids coming to me and they're like, they've been in kindergarten, first grade. I'm like, what were they doing at the other school? So necessarily so Okay. that, That is my honest answer. I mean Maybe for different situations, but I'm not going to look at a kid and be like, okay, this is the parent's fault. Because again, we have so many other factors. That right. Okay. Come. That's nice to know. Although I will tell you a story. <laughs> so when Alex was in kindergarten, she's my oldest. Uh, she and I would not fight about clothing choices. And that girl, because some, it was probably your mother who said to me, mm-hmm. that's not a battle you want to have. So just let her wear whatever <laughs> she, you know, whatever is uh, like normal for the time of year. And so she one day went in with like a striped plaid dress and like polka dot pants. And she had like a big. And, and so I said to her teacher, I was like, I am 
I'm so sorry. Like she has a mother. And the teacher was like, oh no, she's fine. And I was like, no. Like, so I think that there's times when I probably put more into that. And the teachers are probably like, yeah. she's not what she's wearing is not the problem around here. That's yeah. not what we're looking at. <laughs> but, I don't care what they're wearing. As long as it you're covered up and it's like weather appropriate, right? Yes. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to say that story because I still think about Alex like walking into school and I'd be going, oh my goodness, what is she? The teacher doing? probably thought, wow, mom is letting her be herself. She's, you know, individuality. Like, that's awesome. That's super nice of you to say. That's super nice of you to say. I don't know if that was the game. They were fine with it. So I was like, I'm just, this is what she's picked. It's what she yep. wants. I'm letting it be. So the other funny thing was that then they had like a mismatch day one day and she didn't know mm. what that meant. She was like, I don't get it. I go, just be normal. Just wear what you normally would. Would you be fine? <laughs> That's awesome. Her little kindergarten self. She'll be so embarrassed Aww. that I'm talking about this. But what is one thing or multiple things that parents can do today to help teachers mm. to support you guys? Yeah, to be honest, uh, a big one. And I think this is from like young to the older, like middle school and high school, I mean, limiting electronics. Mm-hmm. I think that really, I mean, it's a huge thing. And I, I know a lot of parents parents do, um, but we see, I mean, we're expecting, I'm, I'm expecting a second grader to come, come in at 7.30 and leave at 2.15. And essentially like we're only having Chromebooks, like, and we're, it's very bare minimum Chromebook use. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, what, why I'm saying that is a lot of parents, you know, a lot of kids have phones, even in second grade. Wow. A lot of kids are watching TV constantly, you know, so they come to school and we're saying, essentially, we're not doing Chrome, we're not doing any computers, we're not doing any electronics. So there, that's the fight, right? Mm. At school, we have basically no electronics. And then to home... You know, kids are on, you know, tablets like all night sometimes, right. which I hear parents say that. And it's like, oh, my gosh, how can we expect a kid to come in ready to learn when they, you know, have just been staring at a screen for hours? Again, right. that's not all parents, but no. Yeah, it's a that's a battle in itself. And, you know, middle school and high school, I'm sure deal with that as well. Mm-hmm. I know that that has been something that I was super grateful for because my kids are now um, 20, 18 and 17. And maybe you can look back on this, mm-hmm. too, and say that COVID changed things for us as parents because they didn't have any other way to communicate with their friends. Yeah. And obviously, you know, our kids were ninth grade, 10th grade and, you know, a senior in high school. I'm glad we didn't do all that back then. You know, I'm yeah. glad that we didn't have. I see the influence that it has now at 2018 yes. and 17. And I see how it's affecting some of my kids' peers. And so you're right. I mean, that small little brain is being stimulated in a way that's very different than what you are trying to do. And I can understand why you would see them behavior that way. Absolutely. Right. So when, when it comes to supporting a teacher or they other, you know, the other thing that I want to ask you, and I didn't put this on our list. What's the best gift you've ever gotten from a parent? What's the best gift? Like, that's a great, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like I, they give you at the end of the year or Christmas gift or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there was a kid that kids give me notes. And I think that's honestly mm-hmm. the best, probably it's like actual like kids, like giving me the, you know, writing their own thing. But no, last year, a parent super gen, and we don't, get a ton of gifts i think just with the population we serve there was a a parent that you know her child was pretty difficult and she she understood it and she was very grateful and she she gave us 
um, I think she was, she gave us like two gift cards and it was just, it was really a, a big note. And I think the note, I think made, made it the best, you know, when you have a more difficult child, again, they have some learning, you know, and things, you know, unique selves. And, yeah. But the parent is, you know, it was like, it was like a partnership all year long. You know, we're both in this, like we're helping you, you're helping us. Uh, so that, that was pretty, I think that was the one that comes to my mind. If a parent were to send you a note of encouragement or um, have a child send you a note of encouragement, how does that, like, how does that sit with you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. That's just one of the best things I think about the job. I mean, what other job is kids, kids writing you notes all the time and telling you that they love you. Um, <laughs> so that definitely, definitely makes, and then parents, parents have done that as well. And it, it means, it means a whole lot. Yeah. To me. And I'm sure other teachers do. So one final question, physically in the physical way of what teachers need, what is the best support that parents can give to teachers, whether it be the physical thing, like we need tissues, we need wipes or, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know what that is, but then like, you know, or like physically, what is the biggest support that they can do for you guys as teachers to show their support? Yeah, I think the thing I said before about you know, the partnership thing, viewing it not as like parents come, you know, have bring their child to school and realizing that, okay, the way that my child behaves, the academics, all those things come into play. Like all of those things matter. And having that partnership is going to be the biggest thing for us. But what I mean by that, giving an example, like, okay, a kid is constantly, you know, not wanting to sit down. Okay. They're constantly wanting to move around and they're calling out, you know, okay, let's talk to the parent. Okay. This is what's happening. Possibly even calling the parent during the day. You know, if these these behaviors are more extreme rather than being like, okay, I dropped my kid off. Peace. I'll pick them up at 2.15. Okay. This is what your child's doing. You know, can you, can you help us with this? What what are some tips maybe that we could have? And, and also academic working with your child, you know, having, you know, we're giving them homework, look at that homework, see if, you know, see what we're seeing rather than a parent-teacher conferences. That's the first time I've talked to you. And then you're like, oh my gosh, these are concerned. You know, let's, let's already know by parent-teacher conferences, what's going on in the classroom. Even if your child is being, you know, is totally on grade level and you're, you know, is exceeding. Okay. How can we challenge the the child then? At least I think that's, that means the most. And I have the most just like life-giving conversations. And even with the child, when the parent is on board and understands mm-hmm. where we are. I think that's, that's, that obviously is the best. Yeah, that's good because I do think there's times when parents think, if I can just get them to school, if I can just get yes. them to school. <laughs> but then it's like, no, there's still a lot to do, you know, here at home to support, like like you said, looking at homework, following up with things and having those conversations. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why for a lot of the kids elementary school for most of it i worked as like an aide in the school because so i cool. wanted to be there like i wanted to be yeah. i wanted to know the kids that they were in their classes i wanted to know the teachers and yeah. i wanted to say if there's something going on you need to talk to me right away you know that kind of thing and so because i was like no i'm i'm not playing <laughs> you know like yeah i'm sure you cool. just, yeah, yeah. You know, but that not everybody can do that, obviously, but like right. that type of thing, like making your presence known and saying, yeah. hey, you can talk to me. I'm I'm here to support what's happening, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. That's that's really cool. That's good. Well, hey, thanks for joining me today, Katie. I appreciate your insight about teachers. Thank you so much for having me.